Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, we, we got back to the game, right? Jeter puts a good swing, and then we, we didn't get out in, in that inning. You know, we didn't make pitches. Um, we were short, but we had guys... Like, you know, they've done it before, you know, and uh, Brace wasn't able to, to get people out there. Digman, he struggled, and uh, that was it. You know, we had to use our high leverage guys in the middle of the game like that because uh, we were running out of pitching. But, you know, we got to be better, bottom line. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the Yankees or whoever, you know, we, we have to play better baseball. You know, the day started, uh, we grumbled third, we throw the ball away. Um, it seems like we didn't do enough this week. As far as the baseball part of it, right? Uh, we run the bases. Uh, we struggle running the bases defensively on the mound. You know, um, I mean, um, it was a tough week for us. And uh, you know, like Dan said earlier, before the the game, it's a good time for to reset. You know, um, enjoy the the All Star break and be ready for Friday. Wow! Wow! When's the last time you've seen a team? That was this close to to going all the way last year, look this bad, and it not be COVID. Welcome to Late Night. It's KJ. Thank you so much for stopping through. 617-779-7937. Still to come tonight, uh, LeBron goes even further in his conversation on the shop. That's still to come. Plus, I have more thoughts on LeBron's comments about Boston's fans. But right now, the daggone Red Sox are stinking it up. Did you hear Alex Cora's cadence there at the in that post game? That cadence reminds me of when my mom and my stepmom, they both bless their souls, uh, they're living, uh, would really get on me about all the things that I weren't doing. You're not cleaning up your room and then you're leaving the TV on, you're leaving lights on around the house, you're not washing dishes. Ethan, thank you so much for being here. Have you ever been chastised that like it's not in a loud tone, but it's just kind of these run of things that say what you aren't, that really add up to you being just this big disappointment. Okay, maybe you did your choice, eh? I'm not sure. But yeah, I would hear, you're not making up your bed. You're not washing dishes. I got to ask you to take out the trash. Some of this stuff still goes over me in my life now. But my God, that's what Alex Kaur was doing. And of course, it gets worse, right? Chris Sale, hey, had the great outing in Tampa and then breaks his pinky on a line drive coming back. Now, there was even a part of me was like, okay, if this thing may or may not be broken, I don't need to see you still in the dugout hanging out. Like It just almost felt like a line drive would then hit Chris Sale's wrapped pinky and break it once again. It's just been that bad for the Red Sox here the last couple of weeks. And so, while it's a tough break, and no pun intended for Chris Sale, I mean, he said all the right things. He broke the wrong TV in Worcester. He comes back to Tampa, pitches a masterful game, and the team blows the lead on like those type of errors that Alex Cora is saying in a running sentence. You throw the ball over here. You throw the antenna over there. These are the things that were happening. Here's Chris Sale's thoughts after what happened to him at Yankee Stadium yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's a broken bone. I've been there, you know, um, four to six weeks. Get starting, you know, getting active again, um, moving around a little bit, and then uh, we'll see from there. I'll meet with the hand specialist either tonight or tomorrow in Boston, uh, and just you know, go go with what he says and see where we're at. 
Well, we're not going to see a circle change from this guy, I'm sure. And I don't think we're going to see him come back this season. See, here starts the saying all the right things at the right time. Chris, if you don't come back this year because of a broken finger on your pitching hand, I think the fan base would understand. And yet, the, the fan base can be a bit rough. I don't think people are going to be screaming, Sale, you're a bum because you didn't come back from a broken finger on your pitching hand that hasn't really been able to define if you can get over 95 consistently. So <laughs> you're done for the season. Yesterday on KJ and Dondero, a show I highly recommend. You know how they say four out of five dentists recommend Trident the gum? Five out of five program directors in America recommend KJ and Dondero Sunday mornings 9 to 11, where I said, if the Red Sox got blown out yesterday, don't be surprised if there's incoming phone calls to the Red Sox about giving up some people. <gasps> the shock, dismay, even Lou today was like, nah, let's not let's not be in denial. Again, how Alex Cor was rattling off all those wrong things. He's the angry stepmom right now. I can't even get you to, to make up your bed and wash your face. We haven't even had the discussion about what your laundry looks like. Do you not know how to do some things, son? Have you ever been in the woods with leaves? Because that's what's coming out of the Red Sox right now. A bunch of poo. And then, of course, it was it was a great call that came in right before the show started where uh called into Barrett and said, look, it, there, it was ironic that Xander and Bogey both went up to Kyle Schwarber to give him kind of his 30-second break and drink, and it was a couple of former Red Sox, and yeah, I would really ask what other Phillies are actually there because the Phillies have had a weird season. But could it potentially be a statement more so about Heim Bloom? Now, in terms of Schwarber, I always thought that Schwarber was going to get the better deal from the National League, and I do believe that the Red Sox made an attempt. They just weren't going to match the money that he could get or that he finally got because Schwarber could DH uh, all the time and play a little outfield. It's just what ended up happening to Bryce Harper is just by chance and circumstances he didn't feel a lot more. But it was really more of a statement about maybe their feelings about Bloom because in that photo right there is Kyle from Waltham, who people feel got away and shouldn't have. Xander, who, uh, he's, uh, hey, I'll negotiate during the season. You know what that means? Like, let's give it one more chance. I know you slept with my best friend, but let's give it one more. Come on. And then there's Bogey where, hi, Juan Soto. Thanks for revealing that someone will be could be offered $440 million. And that's $40 million more than I think that Bogey's looking for. And now it's a real number. So you have a picture of three guys who are about to walk out and two of them homegrown here in the Red Sox organization. Oh, by the way, stop by WEE.com to check out the, uh, the, the brief article where Mookie Betts had a little conversation with Xander and Bogey about how to handle what's going on. This thing is getting ugly. So if I was Alex Cora, I would be rambling too. But this all falls on Heim, does it not? I mean, good for him. He 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 drafted two more infielders yesterday. Oh, God. Now, look, I know if a kid in high school may be an infielder, you can convert him into an outfielder. But you know what the issue is? Can anybody, I'm thinking it starts with the letter P and it ends with R. Yeah, pitcher. That's what they need. If you're going to talk about what's coming up off of the farm, when are we going to start talking about arms? Heim. But you know, Heim's hired for a reason. He had success in Tampa. Now, the funny thing in Tampa is they've got a successful team that nobody goes to see. Now, the formula may be like, hey, an unsuccessful team that everybody still goes to see. You can't tell me if the Red Sox were just a dead-in-the-water team potentially fourth, fifth consistently in the AL East for a couple of years that people are still not going to go? Hello, it's a wonderful place to take a selfie. And my God, they did that movie here with Drew Barrymore. It's just where it is. So, being in my roots, I, 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 I'm i a Bon Jovi guy, true story. Ethan, you may not know this. Ethan, do you ever, have you ever played an instrument like 
drums, guitar, anything, or are you just a sports guy? Yeah, I dabbled in, with uh, guitar a little bit, and I also played the trumpet in middle school. There you go. So you have you you have some dexterity. I worry about other people on the station and their dexterity of things. So like, I just do sports, eat, and sleep. Like, there's more to life. Like, you, you kiss a person, stuff like that. Well, I played bass guitar. True story. Uh, where I grew up, it was a very highly competitive area for Battle of the Bands. You've heard of these? I don't know if they still do them anymore. And they probably just do them all in, you know, just do it on Zoom now, I'm sure. But you'd have to go places, lug your equipment, play against other bands. There's one particular contest. We came in second. My band was really good. And approaching us is a member of Bon Jovi, a guy named Tico Torres, the drummer. It's a true story. It says, hey, you guys have something. We're like, wow. A member of Bon Jovi likes what we do. So all these years later, and my guitarist getting sent off to boarding school, and the drummer going off to the Navy, and the singer not graduating with us, <laughs> bands break up. I salute Heim Boom Bloom's lack of effort with the Bon Jovi song, Living on a Prayer, but this one is called Heim Bloom Sitting on His Hands. Hit it, Ethan. You ever wonder how many cell phones that Bloom may have? You know, like one to call the police and report an ass beating by Tampa. And then another one potentially to make trades? Or are we just sitting on our hands here? Coming out of May was okay. Cora's beard was rough. That April was tough. Yes, it was. That beard was sad and tough. June showed that they had the right stuff. They beat teams that sucked. It's on the schedule, so what? So what? The pigeon didn't hurt. Now the hype is long gone. Baltimore's hot. Heimbloom has got more love for the Worcester Red Sox. He's the King George of Benway Park. Fans want blood. Give this team a shot. Whoa, we're halfway there. Bloom sitting on his hands. Bullpen's trash and it's eating at fans. Bloom sitting on his hands. July started three weeks ago. How can Toronto families in Chicago for days? Damn Hanson Robles. Still they had the fans all amazed. Guess what blown game? Teams in Malays owned by the Rays. The Rays. Now the hype is long gone. Baltimore's hot. Heimbloom has got more love for the Worcester Red Sox. He's the King George of Fenway Park. Fans want blood. Give this team a shot. Whoa, we're halfway there. Bloom sitting on his hands. Bullpen's trash and it's eating at fans. Bloom. Sitting on his hands, sitting on his hands. Yeah, bring in Richie Sourmore. Do it, Richie. Well, damn, Sourmore, that's quick. <laughs> All right, get Deakman in now here. Now the hype is long gone. Baltimore's hot. High Bloom has more love for the Worcester Red Sox. Whoa, we're halfway there. High Bloom, sitting on his hands. Bullpen's trash. And you wonder why Rafi Zander is commiserating with Schwarber at the home run derby tonight because it is a mess. It's a mess. And I, for one... Told you this last year. You saw it in their faces last year when it was like, you know what? With really nothing, the team outperformed. Do something at the trade deadline last year to get us an arm to help with this bullpen. And guess what? It's the same problem 
almost some of the same names as last year. All, almost. Because you're trying to do the Tampa Steakhouse price in the seaport. It doesn't work. You, you, you do realize that the Tampa Steak price is really an appetizer price in the seaport. You're going to figure it out because I'm telling you right now, look, those games will be enjoyable. Hell, they may even film another movie at Fenway. Great selfies. The lighting is amazing, you know, when you're standing in the loge box. You just turn yourself around. Oh, my God. You get the feel behind you. It's a wonderful picture. If that's what you want the Red Sox to be, it's coming. It's perfectly fine. And look, if it still makes money, it, it makes money. Next, I'll tie the Red Sox with the LeBron comments, some of my thoughts of what I've been hearing next. But right now, it's time to trend. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, time now to trend here at WEI and what's going on on WEI.com. The Red Sox taking another awful loss to the Yankees. Uh, I don't know if you could say yesterday was as bad or if not worse as it was the day before, but 13-2. That's why Cora was running through him like an angry stepmother. You don't clean your room. You're not washing dishes. And what are you doing with your clothes? Your clothes are all on the floor. Look, that is a sign of ultimate disappointment. Yeah, I mean, it's ultimate disappointment. After what was looking like it, things are kind of turning around, Sox got a big win a couple of days before that. And it's just it looks go it looks like things are going downhill and everyone's talking now are the socks selling at the deadline as opposed to buying. It's it's thrown everything up into flux. I said they were gonna take calls for sailing yesterday. And obviously coming out of the game yesterday, Chris Sale hurting his finger after a ball went flying off the tip of his I believe what was it, his right index his right no, his left finger. Pinky. Oh left pinky, left pinky. Yeah, it's remember the finger. He's throwing oh that's right, he's a lefty. Uh he had surgery today to repair the injury. Hopefully we'll get to see him back sooner rather than later. Uh, it sounds like it's kind of up in the air on whether he's going to make it back or not in time for the stretch run of the season. Uh, but a one positive note for the Red Sox, Rafael Devers will be batting third in the lineup for the All-Star game. So a little bit of positive sprinkling. Way to the showcase of, uh... our star for all these other teams. <laughs> yeah. Put third. Big, hey, be there for the first three at batters. Yeah. Three bats. Yep. Uh, and then yesterday, Cameron Smith during the Open pulling out an unbelievable come from behind victory. Uh, and quite, going into a Sunday round where all the conversation was about Holland and McElroy, out of nowhere, it felt like he was birdieing every single hole. And then, I, I, what was it, like five or six in a row he had at one point to end yeah, up with a 20 under par victory? I, talk about nerves of steel from that guy. He walked yeah. in and it was such a massive moment and was like, yeah, this is uh, my turn to win. Just kidding. No one was talking about me today, but excellent victory for him. Uh, but that is what's trending here at WEI and WEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at 
at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, I mean, I mean, I mean, Boston. Boston yeah. why, why do you, why do you hate Boston? Cause they racist as f- that's why they will say they will say anything and it's fine i mean if it's my life it. i mean i've been dealing with it my whole life i don't mind it like i hear it like if i hear somebody like close by i check them real quick i move on to the game whatever they're gonna say whatever the f- they want to say they might throw something on you i mean i got a beer thrown on me leaving the game you know like i'm yeah, boston it's is the only place in the nba in america you go yeah. and they have like shirts that'll say like LeBron. Yeah, like, it was like a whole section. It was like a, was like a like, LBJ t shirt. <laughs> I believe they probably sold it at the team they, shop. No. Late night, WEEI. It's KJ. Thank you so much for hanging out. All right, you're going to overhear me, a black guy, have a dialogue to LeBron James. You're just going to overhear it. Bro, you got to know the definition of some things, you know? Remember, you can't do what they do, but you also have to always watch what you're claiming them to be and be able to back it up. Okay. KJ Late Night, WEEI. Uh, You might have overheard that. Those are LeBron's comments on the Showtime show, I believe. Uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's Showtime or HBO, one of the two. The shop. And the premises of how it got to that point was Marcus Rashford, who is a soccer player for Manchester United in the English Premier League, was discussing the over-racism that they see in some of their games across Europe. FIFA, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, does a wonderful job with their erase racism campaign to literally go after that. They spend millions on that. What LeBron James is talking about or revealing is not racism. Classless at times? Absolutely. Absolutely. Boston fans been known to be clashless? Absolutely. It's almost kind of part of the DNA. It's just what we do. It's it's a different animal. It doesn't necessarily make it a racist animal. Now, when you start seeing images from busing and you start seeing images from Carson Beach in the 70s or, or the Charles Stewart case in 89-90, Images tend to last forever. Stories tend to last forever. And those things get mushed into things that people feel like generally aren't really tied. You know, someone would say, well, Boston really couldn't be that racist because, I mean, we really don't, like, have black players. That's not the case. Now, there may be feelings by the fan base that may be black, that say, mm, that type of move right there kind of says mm, to me. I'm just I'm just laying this out for you. Others will quick to say, look, ask so-and-so player if they experience these things here. And most of the time they'll point out to players that they, they, they seem to like or you, you seem to like, and generally the answer is no. But Marcus Smart said yes. And so, how how to best describe this difficult conversation on race and how Boston always gets thrown into it? Now, sometimes people say, well, hey, the problem's everywhere else. But no one wants to hear yes as well. Right? That's, that's not the idea. The whataboutism. Right? Because... If we're talking about what's the worst thing that we've seen as fans on a widespread situation that of that accosted LeBron while he was on the court, 
I think is what happened in Atlanta where that woman must have said something that got up out of her seat and said something that the the people who run the Phillips Arena, I don't know if it's still called that anymore, State Farm now, shows you how long ago I lived in Atlanta, um, agree that she should go. So one could presume that it went beyond de- de- derogatory and distasteful. And let's just be honest, some places people feel more comfortable saying those things to you than others. Now, could things, feelings, emotions, connective tissue be better? Absolutely. That that goes for anywhere, right? But I think sometimes when these players are saying this, and I'm going to get to what I think the underbelly is happening. Kyrie stepping on, stomping on Lucky. Marcus Smart admitting to the, the story that he tells about the woman who uh, made those derogatory racist remarks to him as he was coming out of the garden. Is that there is an active campaign, I believe, by players, especially in the NBA, is kind of like, mm, Boston. Something else that came from this episode of The Shop that I found very interesting that LeBron said, and it also has to do with Boston. Play that for me, Ethan. Like, it's like Jason Tatum is a beast. He didn't play to to his standards, but to the regular standards that everybody, only people that's comfortable, like he's, he did a, he had a hell of a season, and them guys ain't even 25 yet. They'll be back, and he got nothing to hang his hat on. He's also playing against a... He's playing against Rizzo. No, he played against the Dynasty. same. He played against the same team. My first finals. I played against the Spurs. Of course, it's yeah. the same. You can, you can, you can, and they yeah. took advantage of me not knowing much. Yeah, you can. Yep. Okay. Yeah. LeBron has now said Jason Tatum by name. People thought I was crazy when I said, yeah, "I understand Jason Tatum wearing the the armband to salute Kobe," but God, does it just not seem almost pukish? To see anything Lakers on top of a Celtics uniform. What do they call this in? Uh, it's like called signage or something in, in the in the, the television world, movie world. I forgot the name of it, but foreshadowing maybe that this seems odd. Odd. And I believe that this is the slow walk to try and discourage all NBA-level players to play in Boston. LeBron's comments are coming from what a lot of people were screaming about after the NBA Finals. Now, look, I'll be the first one to agree with you. I don't think Jason Tatum will tell you that he performed to the level he wanted to. Why? Because the Celtics lost the series. But I did also point out When they won game one and he scored 12 points and 13 rebounds, it still felt like even that wasn't enough. Like, how many games are you going to win with Jason Tatum scoring 12 and having 13 assists? Well, they won one. And some of the noise that went along with it. And I think LeBron is echoing it because LeBron is the voice of the modern-day NBA player. He is, whether you like it or not. So here's the other part that you may not like, and there's not too much you can do about it. LeBron is part of the Fenway Sports Group. I've actually heard people say, you know what, we've got to get the big boss out here to answer questions about the minority owner's comments. That's not happening. If you want to make a statement, go find someone to buy out said person's shares at the price that they name. See, because I'm one of those type of people that says, hey, it's very hard to prove someone is racist. But there are different avenues that one can use to exercise those puppet strengths, like economics. Like, why do you hear people say, I I want them at good schools? I would think maybe you should be a good parent and they will get good grades if you do well in helping them with their work. But bad schools has a connotation and location. Different avenues that you could take that argument. It's KJ Late Night, WEEI, 
779-793-7. Let's go to Albert in Rhode Island. Wants to get on the conversation about LeBron. Thanks, Albert, for your call to WEEI. How's it going? Good, man. Go ahead. Interesting topic. Uh, you know, people probably very sensitive to it, but speaking like adults, um, LeBron is really just, he's a polarizing figure, but really a piece of garbage because, you know, you're obviously trying to get ratings for your show, right? Boston is racist as F. Okay. So because someone in Boston or a group of people wear an F LeBron shirt, we're going to directly assimilate that with racism, even though there's no basis to it whatsoever. What about when Red Sox fans is a derogator in New York? How come we didn't go there with that? Because it wasn't the NBA, and that wasn't the climate. This is unfortunately the pathetic world that we live in with the media. And unfortunately, because it's Boston, and it's not really fair to you guys, if you mention the word racism and you associate it with Boston, it sticks to the ribs, unfortunately. And unfortunately, it's pe- other people who have shows and ratings, like the Felger and Mad show today, that's played into it and acted as if there is a legitimate race issue in Boston when it comes to basketball players. Because they don't like LeBron, but they'll cheer for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and every other African-American player on the Celtics. So there's no legitimacy to it. It's just a bunch of people that have no code, LeBron James being the head of it, that are chasing ratings and just trying to get on Instagram. And it's pathetic, and it is everything that is wrong with our culture today. Albert, thanks for the call. So let me speak as one of, I don't know, a handful of black males on Boston radio, and not just sports radio. I've done music radio here in the city as well. The people are genuine and nice. On a one-to-one level. Now, if you get around some yahoos or drunk in a wrong situation, that can happen anywhere. But from a level, uh, people are wonderful. Some of the best people I know reside in the greater Boston area over my whole life. Some people I've been friends with for over 25 years, the first time I was here doing radio in Boston. But Boston does also hold on to things. So like Albert was saying, it sticks to the ribs for some reason. Because like I said, images matter. Pictures from the, you know, the fight that breaks out at Carson Beach in 76. Or the busing situation. Or Charles Stewart. Or the story of Dee Brown and Wesley. Though there are no pictures for that. But, you know, like these are things that people will quote. And then sometimes people who will quote those things to try to prove their point, and their point isn't exactly wrong, it may not be current, but it may not be wrong. Sometimes the worst thing to say is, ah, that was 30 years ago. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't show any empathy. I didn't say sympathy, empathy. So I guess maybe one should ask, when this accusation comes, why does it stick to the ribs? In other scenarios that have happened around the city, because remember, like I said, I worked for another radio station here in the market playing black music, okay? And you would know about different situations that would come up. And sometimes race would be involved, and other times it was like, wow, that's really a reach to say that's what it is. But either way, you have to ask yourself, why does it stick to the ribs? Why? I've kind of given you like a cheat sheet answer is because there are pictures that have gone everywhere. Now, true story. This other station that I worked for, at one time, we were all in the same building over on 20 Guests, where Intercom was at one time. right? And uh, at the time, I challenged the Globe article on Is Boston a Racist City? And one of which was the article regarding sports. So one of the questions that I brought or was raised was about, you know, the black population at Red Sox games. And I asked the author, I think her last name was Johnson. She might still be there. I'm not sure. I said, have you seen the participation rate of blacks in baseball? Have you? She didn't realize that. I was like, look, it's about 8%. And if Fenway's about 8% black for any given game, then you're pretty much saying, hey, they're coming to see who they're going to see, and that's not going to be a large number of people there. It was brought up about the Cleveland Cavs game when LeBron was still here and how there was a low number of black people at that game. And the argument was, look, this is the NBA, full participation, 80% black. I said, do you know how much tickets cost for a Cavs game at that time? Expensive. 
Now, remember I talked about how there are these different puppet strings that don't necessarily say that you're the R word, but they can be small avenues if you add them up and people may feel like it totally. The biggest puppet string is the economics. People are going to take shots at Boston because people are concentrated living in pretty much one, two neighborhoods across the whole region. Do you know how often I get asked, where are the black people in Boston? And I tell them, you know what the answer is? They're in Boston. That's true. That's the truth. So the narrative that goes on outside of here, well, clearly nobody here can control. No, you can't control that. You can't control what other people say. But if you start to let people know the great things that have happened and have it regularly known of how important Boston has been to, to civil rights, I mean, my goodness, most people don't realize that Hartsfield International, Jackson Hartsfield International Airport in Atlanta, which is named after Maynard Jackson, who used to be the former mayor of Atlanta, did so much for him, got the Olympics there, the whole nine, did everything to make Atlanta what it is, went to BU for a year. Now, now he left because, you know, sometimes you get involved with girls, you know, whatever, I I don't know, but there's so much history here. That has shown up in other places. And I'll say this other thing as well. Realize that the reason why some people put this narrative on Boston is because Boston has always been free. I can go anywhere I want to in Boston. I can't say that everywhere in the country. I can go anywhere. What's the uh, the high bar street right there? I'm trying to count them. It's right there off of Arlington. The uh, it's uh, the uh, eighth and help me. It's like the high end shops. I can't remember the road right now, only because I've been on it a couple times. I couldn't tell you to be honest. I'm not yeah, around from Boston. Right there off of Arlington. Right there off of Arlington Street. It's uh, it's the Tower Records used to be at the very end of it, and at the very end of it, it bring you at the Heinz Convention Center, and you're overlooking the Pike. Those who know what I'm talking about. I've been up and down that wealthy street and have no problem. Whatsoever. No problem. That may not be the case of me on Redale Drive. The Miracle Mile in Chicago. I've always been able to go where I want to in Boston. And through New England. No problem. And I'm a big dude. right? I'm what, 6'4"? Close to 6'5"? Like, I, I would fit things that you'd say, we need backup. Never. Part of it because of how I carry myself, but because this place has always been free. And that has been a point of jealousy for a lot of places in America. Just think about it. If you want it not to stick to the ribs as much, then probably say, you know what? <laughs> we may need to invite more people who are great quality that are black to live up here. They'll get over the snow when they see how well things pay around here. And sometimes they don't. But that's the rib that they go after. Not because they know anything firsthand. LeBron has never said anything has happened to him in a racial animus in all the years he's been coming to Boston. But now he gets on a television show and and, and mistakenly uses the word racist. They're rude. They're arrogant. They're obnoxious. They're loud. All things that have nothing to do with race. You want to see something with race? Watch when they show these highlights or you hear reports of some game in Europe where a team has been forfeited from their game because of their fans are in blackface and throwing bananas at players on the field and hanging uh, monkeys in effigy and making monkey sounds at players. Oh, God, no, that's not happening here. The other part? Stay away from, well, it's much worse in the South. <laughs> you're, you're walking into a trap. It's much worse in the South. Ah, they can care less. They were able to do that little cotton deal with Britain. 1812 would have been successful. Look it up in your books. So I'm telling you, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. If you want you know, like, tell the story of what needs to be told about the history of Boston overall. If person comes to you like this, it's just like, okay, yeah, well, how long did it take the Lakers to hire a black coach? 
You know the first Lakers black head coaches? Do you know who it is, Ethan? You probably couldn't even guess, could you? I'm trying to come up with a name. How about Magic Johnson? Had no black black head coaches before Magic Johnson for the Lakers. Pat Riley, then Del Harris. I now I think Bickerstaff might have been there for two days, but that, I think that was after they let go of Magic. Magic Johnson is one of, if not the first, black head coach of the Lakers. How many years ago was that after Russell was player coach? I mean, for God's sakes, when the University of Kentucky, with Pat Riley on its team, was all segregated. Blacks couldn't play for the University of Kentucky when Pat Riley played college ball. That same year, Bill Russell is winning an NBA title as player head coach. Yeah, these are the stories you need to yell loudly when these when these rib shots come flying. There's plenty of them. Martin Luther King's first trial sermon held in Roxbury. Uh, he met his wife, Coretta Scott King. They're both in college in Boston. Tell the story, it has shut people up. It's KJ Late Night, WEEI, 617-779-7937. The text line, 37937. Thanks for hanging out. What's your favorite color, baby? Turn that up, baby. We got to let that rock for a little bit right here on Late Night. A little living color. I hate when people say a little living color because, well, it technically is going to be a little living color because I'm not going to play the whole song. But like in like regular music stations, like, here's a little Tom Petty. It's like, no, they're going to play the whole Tom Petty song. Yeah! What's your favorite color, baby? What's your favorite color, baby? All right. Late night, W-E-E-I. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ. 617-779-779. 7937, text line 37937. Ethan, let's get to a couple of texts and then we'll get to the caller from New Hampshire here in a second. All right. The first one is a mention of how comical it would end up being if, after all the statements made by LeBron the other day, turned on him and Bronny ended up getting drafted by the Celtics and he had to come here and play for us. Stick him in Maine for five years? <laughs> How come he can't get off the G League team? I don't know, Dad. Wait, make Dad retire? I, yeah, I, I can't see that happening. And to be honest with you, I don't think any NBA team is going to be emboldened to, to make LeBron's request happen for him at this point. So, uh, you know, LeBron, while he's a he's a great talent, let's see what the talent evaluator see because will LeBron go to Sacramento to be with his son? That might be the real question. All right, next text. And then the second text is, I believe Mike, it says Mike and New Hampshire, but I think he meant in yeah. New Hampshire. Uh, yeah. He wanted to us to let us know, or he wanted to let us know, excuse me, that it is Newberry Street that you were thinking of. Yes, Newberry Street. You know why I got confused? Because it goes Dartmouth, then Exeter, and then you're coming around the bend Right near the uh, the not not the other side of the common, then you're bending around, coming to Arlington Street. It's Newberry Street because Newberry Street's that first, right by that really posh hotel that I my wife was like, that looks really nice. I was just like, go in there and ask him how much a towel costs. It probably costs the the the, the rate of like a regular hotel room. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, let's see here. It is Mark from New Hampshire. Uh, you, you're checking me on my Lakers head coach, and you want to get in the Boston conversation. All right, first give me the Lakers thing that you think I'm wrong on. Yes. So I joined just a little bit ago, so maybe I missed it. But when you were going through the first black Laker head coaches, I did not hear you mention Byron Scott, who I believe coached the Lakers from 94 to 96. So I just wanted to fact check you there. Ah, that would still be after Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson was the coach of the Lakers in 93-94. And in fact, Byron Scott comes after him. Magic Johnson, 93-94. Then... Then Byron, then actually comes uh, Mike Brown, who was before uh, Byron Scott. My, uh, Mike Brown was there 2011, 2012, 2012, 2013. Then you had a Dan Tony for uh, a year and a half. And then Byron Scott was there 14, 15, 15, 16. Darvin Ham is yeah, now. Okay, fair enough. And, yeah, and, and it doesn't detract from your larger point. Look, I'm a 49, I live in New Hampshire now, but I grew yeah. up in the inner city in, in Boston. And I'm a 49-year-old white guy. 
And it doesn't detract from your larger point that there are definitely elements of racism in Boston. It sort of drives me crazy when I listen to sports radio and I hear the white pundits who literally lose their mind about, you know, how do you ever defend yourself when someone calls you racist or whatever? Look, I don't think 18,000 people at the Boston Garden are racist. Do I think there's 10? Yeah, sure, probably on any given night. Do I think there's, you know, 43,000 racists at Fenway? No, I, no, I don't. Do I think there's 20? Yeah, sure, maybe. It does happen. I've personally witnessed it. So your larger point remains valid. So I just wanted to share that with you. Well, Mark, thank you so much for calling here for WEEI. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. I, I know my lack of black head coaches. No kidding. But, yeah, the Lakers, with the hiring of Darvin Ham, it's been Magic Johnson, Mike Brown, uh, Bernie Bickerstaff, uh, uh, Mike uh, Byron Scott, Bernie Bickerstaff for a sneeze, and now Darvin Ham. Five. But folks love them. L.A. Lakers, fast break makers. Meanwhile, like Casey Jones, like won a second championship with the Celtics as a head coach. I like people forget that. Like Casey Jones was a head coach for the Bullets and then came to the Celtics. And still magic. And still they had never had a black coach with the Celt- with the Lakers. Um, yeah, I... Again, as I was saying, just to kind of debrief of what's happened here so far on the show, like I just mentioned the comments about LeBron and the racism situation, and I said, look, you have to maybe ask, why does it stick to the rip? And 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 like Mike Mark in New Hampshire said, like it, you know, is a stadium full of people, all of them the same thinking of mine? No, uh, that's what alcohol is for. And then you can start to kind of you know, it's like the pH thing test. You, you find out who's a little acidic. But, um, you know, some people are just not trained in smart-assism like I am. I'll give you a great example, Ethan. This happened at Fenway. It's not a racist story. Uh, but it's one of those stories that's kind of like, are you? it was to make me to seem, am I dumb or am I stupid? And there's a difference. It doesn't make you racist, but it could be one of those little teeny tiny strings on that puppet string. So there was a foreign exchange student who I take to his first ever professional game ever to Fenway. It was against the White Sox. Had a buddy in from Chicago, his son. So I like I had company tickets, right? So we're down at the little pizza spot right there on uh right right there by the stadium, and you know we're watching the game on the television. We roll into the stadium like around sixth, seventh inning. So I'm coming to sit down. And this guy who, you know, let's be honest, sometimes once the beers get flowing, it gets a little different after the sixth inning, right? And so he says to me, he's just like, why did you get lost on the way to the ballpark? And he's laughing. He's like, ha, ha, ha. you know what I told him? I said, my tickets were free. I could get here when I want. He shut up immediately. And then he wanted to know, how did you get free tickets to sit in seats that I paid for? <laughs> and who, what? So then I told him, like, yeah, where I work, I work at a company, and company provides tickets like this. They showed him back in the ticket. Then he wanted to know about what did I think of my coworkers. Like, wait a minute, wasn't I the dummy that made the wrong turn on the way to the stadium? But now I've got some fascinating, interesting. I know how to play that game. I know how to work it. I've done it my whole life. Let's go to John in Springfield if you're ready for him, Ethan. We'll get him on before we get to the break. And uh, John okay. wants to shoot. Yeah, John, go ahead. You're on WEEI late night. Thanks for the call, man. Yes, thanks. Um, yeah, um, you know, I'd like to repeat something the other guy said. Basically, he said, never let the actions of a few uh, ruin it for a group. You know, there's mm-hmm. prejudice um, any place you go. Oh, I, I dealt with, um, we were at Box, uh, we were watching a, a Celtics game, and this guy was yelling out really disturbing things. And I said to him, what color of red pickup truck uh, the, oh, uh, how many lights do you have on your red pickup truck? And he said, how do you know I drove, drove a red pickup truck? And everyone <laughs> around us laughed. But um, <laughs> about half the time that I'm going through Springfield with, um, you know, uh, my friends or um, uh, or a girlfriend of color, um, yeah, it seems about half the time we get stopped. And they seem to uh, be questioning us along the lines, if, if it's my girlfriend, it's like they... They ask, oh, what are you doing with her? You know, how, do you know her? And if it's one of my friends, they think that uh, there's, uh, he's selling me drugs. It's like, 
it's terrible. I mean, it may just be a few cops, and I may be um, unlucky. But when I went down south with one of my girlfriends, that was of color, we got looks and one guy started yelling at us. So, you know, it's, it's everywhere, but it's a small percentage that are going to do it. But if someone's yelling at you, you're going to remember them. Yeah, thanks so, for the call and for sharing your story. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean... This is what LeBron probably should do. And he, I, I'm, look, when I look at my check here at the end of this week, there's not going to be any line or statement saying, here's some extra pay for you telling LeBron what to do. Meaning, he could take it with two cents, he can give it up for two cents. But for those who want to make comments like LeBron made, why not have a consortium talking to real Bostonians, black and white, televise it, and get a perspective from the people who live inside of the system versus making statements about a system. Right? Because New England is different from the Midwest. Believe you me, when someone told me, would you like a sack with that? I was like, what? They sell weed in the 7-Eleven? But it, I realized they were saying, did you want a bag? So things are just different in different parts of the country. But why not have the time and sit down with some real Bostonians, black and white, who could be fully open, about what they experience here. And then you really wouldn't have to make it. You wouldn't have to make a comment because they, they could tell you themselves what they see and they'll be honest with you. That's one thing I tell people in this industry, man, if you make it in Boston, you make it anywhere in Boston. They'll tell you they, they, how they hate you, how they like the person before you and how the, they used to see the person they liked. They used to see them in Shaw's all the time and they spoke and they never see you in Shaw's grocery shopping and, and, and they don't like the way that you come off. And the way that you come off reminds them of someone. So there's already nine things to tell them what they don't like about you. But if you're honest, you'll have new problems here. Second hour of Late Night with KJ is next here on WEEI. Thanks for hanging out. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.